and we can't keep it on the DL. Hello, and welcome back to Can't Keep It on the DL. Today, we are interviewing Jen Cohen, who is a fitness personality, an author, and the host of Habits and Hustle. It's so funny because when your TED Talk came out, I was like, she's really like that in real life. Like, she's just (laughs) bold. She's going to ask for what she wants. She's going to look confused when she doesn't get it. She's like, no, 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 no. Like, you must not be understanding. Like, how are we going to figure this out? Like, what are we going to do? So I guess that's where we're going to start. Like, I absolutely loved seeing you over the years and you just telling me stories about kind of how you became who you are and the things that you've done and the things that worked. And I, like I said, I loved when your TED Talk came out because it was so you to a T. Like being bold regardless of the situation you're in and regardless of like how and what you're trying to achieve where did that actually start for you? Like, how did you begin that practice of being bold? Well, first of all, I have to say this is such, this is so funny to me, uh, Olivia, because Liv, I mean, do, do, is it, by the way, does anyone call you Olivia except me? Honestly, like my grandparents do sometimes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> not many, not many. Um, well, I have to just say this because I think it's adorable that, you know, I've known you for very, very long. And, you know, I always say you're my intern, which I don't, cause you know how speaking about being bold, you're bold, right? Yeah. You, you basically boldly contacted me and drove from Boston to New York to meet me when you had no idea who I was, but you wanted to work with me. And so bold attracts bold. And uh, that's the first thing I have to say. And secondly, you know, and over all of these years, you know, because you've been so helpful to me in so many different ways. And I've said to you so many times, what can I help you with? What can I help you with? And this is the only thing you've ever asked of me is to be on your podcast, which I find to be so cute and so funny. So let me just say that. And I'm so proud of you. Um, you. It's the truth. Um, But to, you know, to answer your question, um, I really, I, I think that number, I think a couple of things, I think that we all are innately born with a certain personality type, right? So uh, acting a certain way for some comes easier than it does for others. But I really do believe being bold is really a skill that you can hone and learn like anything else. If you want to be good at tennis, if you want to, if you want to learn Spanish, whatever it is, you need to practice uh, that whatever that is to get better, better at it and make it a skill. And so I think with me, I think I already had, I I was, I had a natural inclination uh, to be bold because I, I was naturally very curious and interested in people and things. So that kind of like, um, that kind of helped me persevere a little bit. Uh, but I realized very early on that it's not really the people who are succeeding in life aren't the people who are the smartest. It's not the people uh, who are the brilliant. It's the people who really just kind of go out there and just ask for something and just take a chance and take a risk. And I started to do that in very small little ways. And it was actually I saw like a return on that investment. So I, I kind of kept on doubling down. And that became really my personality at a young enough age where it, it, it basically was in my, in my, in my plasticity and my neuroplasticity became who I was to this day. So I guess that's a very like, 
it's, I, I think that was like kind of a long, long version of how I, how I did it and how other people can really kind of do it as well. If they really do want to live the life they want versus live the life that they have. Yeah, I think that was cool. I, I was obviously just like kind of touching back on some of your stuff just while we were like prepping for the interview. And that was one of the things that you said. It's like, you should be going after what you want and not just what's available. Like whether it's a job, whether it's your income, whether it's dating, whether it's a career or business or some deal that you're trying to get, instead of just looking at what you have, you should actually be going after what you truly want, which is obviously going to take like a lot of work. But like you said, it's like that type of work, that type of boldness is inevitably going to be that deciding factor of like, do you get this or do you not? Well, I think, I think also like, you know, you were saying, I think you're right. That is a, a major fundamental philosophy that I hold, right? That people generally just acquiesce to what is available to them as opposed to chasing what they want. And uh, I never really, that, that ideology never really worked for me, right? So I feel like you've got to give people, you've got to like kind of, kind of make common sense. Sometimes, like, I guess sometimes common sense isn't so common. Mm-hmm. And you, when you put it out there in that way, people can then look at it and see how they're, that's how they're doing that in their own life, right? You know, it's very easy to be comfortable. I also think that we're living in a time when we're living in a moment when everything is about people saying, I am enough, like I am enough. That type of quotation is something, to be honest, actually really irks me because I think it's like giving people this idea that like they should be comfortable with where they are, with where they are personally, where, where they are professionally, that they are enough. But the truth of the matter is like, well, are you enough? I mean, the reality is if we all sit in that like stagnant place, then what? Like how do you, we need to all grow. So the only way we evolve and grow and get better, if that's really what you want, is to not just think, well, I'm okay. That's what, to me, when you say I am enough, that means that equals complacency. And I don't, I don't buy into that type of terminology and that type of lifestyle. So you know, when I see this all over, like that hashtag on social media, it just drives me crazy. Um, you know, and, and the thing is, and that's why I think there's people out there who are doing so many things to medicate themselves to be okay with the fact that they're living okay, yeah. as opposed to like actually trying, like the best way to, to, to actually breed confidence is action. So if you actually try and do something and you see that you're succeeding even a little bit or the, the needle moves a little bit, it like it, it gives you the, the biggest rush and boost of confidence and ability because that will help you do it for the next time. So to me, I, I just don't think that like it's a, a good a benchmark to be enough or to live complacency. And there's been tons of research based back in this that, you know, most people and this is by the way, I talk a little bit about this in my TED talk, but I really kind of went way beyond that since then. But that no, nobody really, people like, people sit there and become passive aggressive because they're not making the money that they want. They're, they're, they're annoyed and they have, they have passive aggression towards their like partner or their boyfriend, or their girlfriend, because they're not happy with the relationship as opposed to 
being much more deliberate and focused and going after the kind of relationship or after the kind of human being that you're most compatible with or going and asking for that raise. You know, like 75% of people who actually go and ask for a raise actually get the raise. Mm-hmm. And if, even if they don't get it that day, they'll get it within the next three to six months because at least it like it like basically makes the other person cognizant that you're cognizant of the fact that you deserve more. Yeah. So to me, I love that though. Mm-hmm. I love that you're so like you don't like any of that stuff because we were actually talking about it the other day and there's like 12 basic laws of like the universe. And one of them is the law of attraction, which obviously we hear so much about in this world. Yes. And that is like that. I am enough and that belief and like the positivity that's associated with the outcome and you being enough to achieve those things. All of that is good, but everybody forgets one of the other laws that like perfectly mimics that is the law of action. Mm -hmm. And the law of action is literally everything that you said that you slowly but surely actually start to feel confident when you're doing those things day in and day out, just like you would in the gym. Like you thinking about the gym and being like, I'm enough and I'm healthy and I'm fit. That's great. But you have to pair it with the actual action of going to the gym every single day. Right. I I think the thing that's lacking in this whole thing is the hard work and work ethic to get to be to that place, right? Like this whole idea, this whole law of attraction is nonsense because it's not, it's not coupled with the fact you can attract what you want, but to attract what you want, you gotta like, you gotta put yourself in the position mm-hmm. to be, the, to, 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 to achieve it. So how are you going to get what you want if you haven't trained for it anyway and trained for it, worked for it, went and went after it? Are you going to get it by sitting on your sofa and eating bonbons, watching Young and the Restless or whatever soap opera or whatever? You're not going to get it that way, right? Like to me, of course, the, the idea of law of attraction to me is putting yourself in the best position to win. Mm-hmm. And then you can, and for, for that to even happen. And I, I guess my, what I believe in is that things don't happen by accident. You have to create your own destiny. You're going to create your own um, place in life, whatever that may be. And that requires hard work. And that requires you to put in the hours and time. But most people don't want to be doing that. They're mm-hmm. looking for, it's like with the fitness stuff, right? Like, I, you know, I'm going to use an analogy here, but you know, for fitness, I wrote my, my first book ever was called No Gym Required. And it was basically giving people these like simple solutions to be healthier and fit. And it really was very simple. It was like basic tools that you can have. Like, you know, you can get the best, you can get the same results of going to the gym by just doing these body weight exercises or, you know, just not eating this, but like, you know, clean, having a clean diet, not eating any processed foods. People were not excited about that. They didn't like, in, they weren't interested in like the, the basics that required you to be disciplined and to put in the effort and time to actually exercise and work out, not eat the bat, you know, to, to be disciplined, be consistent mm-hmm. because consistency equals success also equals results. I should say everyone's looking for it. So, but the, the books that came out around my time that were doing really well were these like kooky magic magic bullets right so like at the end of the day that's sexier because people are looking for some all these like accoutrements that aren't even as effective because 
everyone's looking for a shortcut to get to where they want to go, which is, and I shouldn't say everyone, that's a very big blanket statement. I would say a lot of people, but the people that really kind of shine and stand out and, 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 and rise to the top are typically the person, the people who put in the most effort that are the most consistent that uh, are, can, that are doing the work. And the biggest thing that people are doing that actually succeed is delayed gratification. They're not, they're not, they, they, they wait for that, that gratification. So have you ever heard of the marshmallow? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, and it's so, it's so true because in order for those things to happen, you've got to put in a lot of like things, you've got to do a lot of stuff that you don't want to do to get to the stuff you really do want to do. And like going off all of this, I know you talked about your 10% target system and I kind of wanted you to just like show an example of like something that worked for you just so people can apply it. Cause I think it's really smart. You know, you're not just doing it once you're repetitively doing it. It's like the consistency that you're talking about. And I think that's super, super important. Well, I think that, um, my whole life has been attempt has been the 10% target, right? Because mm-hmm. the, 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 I guess the, the pillar point of that 10% target, right, is making 10 attempts at whatever you want most in life. Now, the, but the, the, the thing, the caveat to that is, you know, in that 10 attempts that you're making for that thing, you're doing it because most people are not even trying once, majority, definitely not twice. So now what happens is just by pure volume, your chances are, are definitely raised. But more than that, you're practicing, you're practicing the idea of resilience and failure. So every time you don't want to, you, you don't want to, people don't want to fail. They feel like losers if they're failing. So they don't want to put it out there. But the more that they attempt, the more comfortable they get with that attempt, with, with, with not succeeding, that it'll allow them to, it gives them that resilience to keep on going. But more than anything, in that 10 attempts, you you may, you, if you don't get the goal that you wanted to get, another opportunity will present itself that you never knew existed. And mm-hmm. that's really the core is that like, I don't even tell people that in that 10% target or in life that you're going to get that exact thing that you want. But I guarantee that another opportunity will come up that you never even knew existed. That is way closer to what that goal was into into what you're what you're what you want and need in your life versus what you would have had if you otherwise never even tried so that's it's really more of like um an exercise Mm -hmm. in uh getting comfortable with failure and raising and raising your chances of success by that alone and letting yourself have other doors open for you just by, by that sheer ability of action. Definitely. And I think what a lot of people struggle with is they'll try it. Like you said, once they expect something's going to come of it, nothing does. And then they just give up and just stay where they are complacent. So it's kind of making that. And like you said, you're opening all these different doors, even for jobs, you know, like if we're applying to jobs and you just take the first one that you get, it might not be the right fit, but you got it. So you just take it. It's almost like the easy way out, you know, where or even so much that, it's, it's more about like, not, I, I say, instead of just going after a, a job, go after the kind of job that you want. Like, for example, I'm going to use Olivia 
live as an example, right? She was very meticulous. She was very methodical. She like probably like reached out to a bunch of people that she kind of like liked or admired or thought they were like in her lane that she was interested in kind of working for, mm-hmm. emailed them. And then was like, okay, whoever of this group of people, whoever emails me back. So she's already, she's, she targeted and laser focused on what she wanted to do. I guess I was on that list. Fortunately for me, I respond, you know what I mean? She takes the initiative and the wherewithal and the boldness to actually drive in the cold winter weather from Boston to New York on her own dime and meet me. She created, she, she created her own opportunity. She created her own destiny. She like made something happen. So she's not just sitting there with this law of attraction of like, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It will happen. If you take these, if you take, if you go from a to B, take the right steps and actually do it, then those things, those doors open better for you. Yeah. That's my point. And yes. it's so yeah. funny because when I did that, there was like two influences that did that and they've both been on our podcast. So I had just gone to a Tony Robbins seminar and I don't even know if you, I, I feel like I've probably told you this, but maybe not. No, you never told me this. Okay. So I had just gone to a Tony Robbins seminar, maybe that November or something. I think it was like early November, something like that. I went down to Florida and I did a Tony Robbins Which seminar. Which one did you do? This was the, uh, what is it called? It's like date the- Date with Destiny? It wasn't Date with Destiny. No, that's what I just thought of. It oh. was the like three day. Within? Like the- Yes. Yeah. yeah the, that one. Unleash the power within. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I had done that with three days with my brother. And on the way there, he was reading a book by Grant Cardone called The 10X Rule. So when we left and we're talking about it on the plane, our ideas, it's so funny because he had a great life and job opportunity that came from it. And so did I, because we're sitting there and we're like, okay, these are the things that we want to do. These are the type of people we want to work with. We took the stuff that we learned from Tony Robbins and the stuff that we learned from Grant Cardone in the book. And we were like, let's just 10X whatever we were going to do. If we were going to reach out to two people, we'll reach out to 20 people. Like right, right. we will just go above and beyond. And the same thing with Tony Robbins, it was like very intentional, like make sure that these things are aligned, make sure that this is what you want to do in the future. Kind of like how you were saying, it's like, mm-hmm. don't just apply to any jobs, like be intentional with it. So we took that from both of them. And I did do that. I reached out to a bunch of people that I was like, I think this would be a great fit. I love what they're doing. I think they could gain something from me. I think I could gain something from them. And then that's how I ended up meeting you, which ended up being in December, literally maybe a month, a month and a half later. Yeah, exactly. And so like, and what I, of course, I responded to was your intention, like, how you kind of were focused intentionality. It was, you like were so bold and, and just so out there doing it. I was so impressed by that. And people who are, who like people recognize those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And therefore it usually does end up benefiting you in some way or another. Most people won't, of course, most people won't respond, but some will, Mm -hmm. and you don't know what you don't know unless you at least try. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think like, that's the biggest thing, like you said, is most people don't end up trying. And it's so funny just knowing you in real life because you do this 
You do this so well with networking and with meeting people. Like you are so yourself. You are so bold. If there's something you're asking for, if there's something you can do for somebody else, you're doing it. You're like making it clear and known that those are your intentions, just like vice versa, whatever. But it's so funny because you do this in like your career and your business, but you also do this so much in your networking. Like there's very few people that I've met that I'm like, they're a great networker. Like they just meet people and they connect with people and they gravitate to people and it just works out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I think there's a lot that you just said that there. Number one, I think is um, to why I said at at the beginning of this podcast was I'm a naturally interested and curious person. Mm-hmm. And I think that people, um, I think people really appreciate that quality because I'm not talking to someone. And I think this is a good thing for people to know when you're trying to like make a connection with someone, it, it shouldn't just be, you have to be a really good listener. I think listening is really underrated and people, people talk too much. I think what a really good tip for people would be to maybe like not talk so much and listen more because I think when people feel that they're being heard, it makes them feel genuinely um, like they, they feel, they, they, they feel listened to, they feel important and they feel like you're actually paying attention. This is not just a disingenuous conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times in, in networking, people lead with, with, with what, with what they want, you know, how can you help me? Or, I mean, I need this, but like, you know, there is some, like, there is some like massaging of that situation. You can still get what you want. And I'm not talking in a very Machiavellian way, but I'm talking from a place of like truly understanding where the other person is coming from, listening to who they are, not what they do, but who they are. There's very, it's a very big distinction. Some of my best networking didn't come from me, like honing in sometimes and being, okay, what do you do? It's more about like, I'm actually curious and genuinely interested in the person and then things kind of blossom. But I will also say to you that authenticity is a very, very important piece of this as well, right? Because if sometimes I, depending on like where I am in the network, in where I am with the person or where I am, I sometimes may be extremely blunt and say, this is what I need. Do you think you can help me? But I don't do it in an off-putting way. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can be bold and not, and not, but you can't, you, without, without being aggressive and, and rude. There's a yeah, because you have good intentions as well. I think that's important to mention. Like you have good intentions for other people. So that's what also makes it so easy for you because you just like when you're having that ask and it's like that bold ask, you're not coming off in an aggressive manner because deep down you would do the same thing for them. They're like, what do you need? Like, how can I help you? True. But I will also say that I'm taking off my jacket. I'm I'm hot, but um, I would also say that, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not for everybody. I, and that's fine, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to change my personality to suit everybody. I think that, I think what you do, I think in life in general is you find your people, you, you, you gravitate to things that are similar. And the reality is what's the worst that can happen, right? Like you put yourself out there in an environment and, and, and you're, if you're going to be yourself and be authentic and be curious and all those other things, 
you're going to jive, you're going to jive with some, or you're not going to jive with others. And that's just life. But the reality is like, what is the worst? You ask for what you want, or you put yourself in that, uh, you know, that situation and it doesn't work out for you. Okay. So how you're not any worse off than you were before you even tried. Yeah. So that's the, I, that's like the, that's like the kind of thing you got to, people have to think about in their head. It's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Like, so this person says no, or this person and I don't click or, okay, you're not any, so you're what just happened and you're not any further, further worse than you were before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, really, it's, it's really that, not that simple, but it's something that you, it's like, a, like I said at the beginning, you got to, it's a skill. You just have to practice it. If it's uncomfortable for you, there's certain things I think also in life that like, you don't have to be great at, but there are certain things you have to be above, you know, above average in if you want to do well in, in networking and success. Right. Which is, which I think a few things being somewhat resourceful and being curious will help you a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, if, you know, like if you can, you have to figure out like if this, if this isn't working, how else can I make this work? And then like understand, and then having that curiosity factor where where people where you feel that there is there's enough that it makes you interested in like poking and figuring out and talking to you need to have those things above average you've got to practice those things there's some people who are not people people persons or people people who don't love to socialize who don't love to network but that will that will deter you in a lot of different careers unless you want to be you know uh, a computer science person or an engineer and even then Sometimes, you know, you need to have those, those, those sociabilities or the, the EQ to be a little bit higher than average. If you want to get along with people, people yeah. now can hide behind their computer a little bit. But I think that if you can master even a little bit, the, the idea of being resourceful and being a little bit more curious mm-hmm. and being more bold, it will behoove you in everything, in most things. Even if it's just like that 1% a day, like if you focus every day on just being 1% more bold and 1% more resourceful and 1% more ambitious and showing up for yourself, whatever the case may be, right. if you just work on that daily, it's like anything else I always say on my podcast. It's like every single thing in your life is a muscle. And like you said, some people are going to have like more natural gifts and abilities in one way than another, but that doesn't change anyone from the fact that you can still show up every day and do the hard thing, do something that's a little scary, do something that's a little uncomfortable because inevitably it's going to build that muscle. Also, also being very comfortable with what you're good at and what you're bad at. You know, yeah. it, I, I'm very comfortable as you know, Liv, I know I, I've already, I think being self-aware is probably, I should say, I said earlier, the curiosity and they're being resourceful, but I would say number one is having some having really good self-awareness because mm-hmm. if you don't have that, then it's really hard to even know if you're good or bad at cure. If you're, if you are, if you need to work on being a little more curious, if you need to work on being a little bit more uh, assertive or whatever it is, but being self-aware also helps you learn and being, and being realistic with yourself of like, okay, you know what, like, this is what these, this is the stuff I'm really kind of good at or good at like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm strong in, these are the things I'm really weak in, or like, I need a lot of assistance in for like knowing that super important. And then you can find other people to like balance out what you're not great at. No one has to, you don't have to be great at everything. You need to be good at maybe one thing and lean really, really deep and hard into that. Um, and get good enough 
this is where the good enough is okay. At other areas enough, so you can like get by, but you find somebody who can balance out what you're really mm-hmm. not strong in. And that's like, how many times have I called you? Olivia, I'm so terrible at that, like social media or, you know, video making or whatever the stuff, like administrative. I mean, like, I'm actually bad at everything except a couple things that I'm, I think I'm pretty good at, which has allowed me to do a lot of different things. But I went super heavy and hard into those good into those things. And I think that's what everybody should be doing. Mm-hmm. And when they're in their 20s, this is a great time for that exploration. You know, try a lot of things, figure out what you want to do, because you're not going to know what you don't know unless you go out there and do these things. you got to go out there and, and, and like try as many, many things as possible to know not only what you're good at, but what you like to do. Because if you don't like to do something, you're not going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. how many things have you tried since I've met you? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is you want to like treat life as like, like a little charcuterie board where you're just yeah, like, oh, you just kind of like try this, try this, try this. Especially when I was living in LA, like that was the biggest thing, like going to events, seeing people, seeing things that they have going on. Like, is that interesting to me? Is that something I see myself doing? Is that something that, like you said, would I be good at this? Having the self-awareness of what are my few key strengths? What are the things that are really going to put me on that next level, something that I'm really good at versus what are those things that I should hire other people for? What are the things that like, I will never be good at. I will never enjoy. Those are things that you kind of outsource. Right. Or you, and you take, and you can also take a job or find, you know, that this goes by the way, this is not just a professional thing. This is for personal thing too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you're trying to find someone to like go out with or marry, you know, it's not so great when you're both great certain things and yet both weak in certain other areas. Like mm-hmm. life is all about like different partnerships to be successful. You know, to be successful in a marriage, you need to be, you need to be able to have, you know, people who are one person that's good at some things and the other person to be good at, you know, other things. And again, same with your, and same with your career. Like in order for things to build a business, you can't have everybody great at sales, but then nobody good in operations mm-hmm. and nobody good with manufacturing because it will be a total disaster. Right. So everyone has, everyone has a strength. It's about figuring it out, figuring out what that is and then finding other people to kind of level you out or balance that out. Definitely. And I kind of want to just go back a little bit and ask you this question. So with all your, cause we talk about failure. So if you had to pick one of your biggest failures that led to like one of your biggest successes, what would you say that was? One of my biggest failures. Um, well, how about this? I've had I've had so many, but I will say this. I'll give you one that about my podcast because it's like we're, we're on a podcast now, anyway. But mm-hmm. this podcast, the podcast I do have, you know, which I know you can't see the sign behind me, but the habits and hustle was actually sold as a TV show called Game Changers to NBC, like years ago. And in that process, what happens, I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but um, so my show was picked up by, I I sold it to NBC uh, Peacock Productions to make the show. And the idea behind it was 
it was going to be the habits and rituals of like super successful people, mm-hmm. kind of like the cribs, you know, how cribs was like going into people's house and like figuring out what they're eating and drinking, like what they're doing, like, like the, like the, the stuff behind, you Listen. know, that people don't see. Right. And it would be the same thing, but I wanted to do it for entrepreneurs, like what they're doing, what they're eating, what they're drinking, what their habits were daily, where they're, what do they do for their morning routines? This was also sold to them before entrepreneurship quote unquote became, became super like hot and like sexy. I feel like now it's become a very, very resilient. Yeah. Like everyone's in, like everyone thinks that like everyone thinks that they're an entrepreneur. Everyone thinks that they, you know, are, uh, they love, they love it. They love the Gary V's of the world and the Ed Milet's of the world. Right. But this was like, right. Like it was on that cusp. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting with them and it was like going nowhere fast. And like, you know, I sell it and we couldn't agree on who the pilot should be. I wanted, you know, uh, a, a really well-known entrepreneur and they wanted some reality star. Like we were just, we're, we're not like, we're not meshing. And like in, in the world of entertainment, things can drag on forever. And like six months turned into a year, turned into a year and a, like almost a year and a half. And like, it was going nowhere. Like it would be like two months just to get a call. Like it'd be like, Let's get, let's jump on a call and figure out next steps with whatever that step was. Well, that call would take six weeks to even organize and plan. Mm-hmm. So it was just really kind of terrible. And eventually it kind of just like dissipated and like nothing was happening. Like they didn't like, they didn't just like, they didn't like say, we're not doing it, go screw yourself. But it was like, you can tell that there was no momentum on it. And it was just like dying on the vine. And so finally I was like, you know what, this is like, so like by this point now, what I wanted to do was becoming like kind of hot. There were like more and more podcasts kind of in that space. And I was like, you know, forget this. I'm not going to do the show anymore. I'm just going to like turn it into a podcast Mm -hmm. and, you know, do it on my, on my own. Yeah. It'll be like on a much lesser level because I don't have like a big giant, like NBC behind me. And it's going to be my own podcast, but well, you know, we'll see what happens and I'm just going to do it. And it, honestly, it turned out to be the best thing I ever did because number one, I've met the most incredible people, incredible people. I eventually partnered with entrepreneur, which has been really, really great for me, considering that it is entrepreneurs that I am talking to all the time. And it's on my watch, on my schedule. And it's like opened up so many doors and uh, I really like, I really, really, really enjoy it. And so at the time it was a real blow, right? Cause I was so excited to be my own TV show with cameras and a huge budget and I can mm-hmm. do whatever I want. And then like, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be in my living room doing a podcast. Like it was a shift, but that actual thing ended up happening. It actually worked out really well. And from the podcast, I can't tell you how many other really fantastic other business opportunities came from it because of all the different people I met. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's one great example. Yeah. And I can't, I was going to, I couldn't even call my podcast game changers because it was already taken and that name. And that, anyway, long story short, but at the bottom line is that's one of a gazillion failures. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole life has been one big, failure. And I even say that sometimes that like, I have like a PhD in, in falling or, or, or a master's in falling, but I have like a PhD in getting back up because 
you have to, you have to have that kind of attitude. You can't let like something that, you know, doesn't work out, deter you from going that to get back up and trying again. You don't change your goal necessary, but you can change your plan. Mm -hmm. And that to me is really what it's all about. Well, that's exactly what you did too. Like having a show that you're so excited, like at the end of the day, the lights, the camera, the budget, all of those things are nice, but it's like what you really wanted was to interview these people and figure out I was what curious. they doing. Once again, yeah. you being curious, which is one of your strengths, like what are they doing? What are they doing different than other people? How can we all incorporate that? Kind of like how your first book did that. It's like, what's an easier way to get on this path? Like, what are the things that we need to do daily to get there? Like, at the end of the day, you got your show. It's different than maybe what you thought it was originally going to look like, but it had more blessings than you can imagine as well. Well, the funny thing is I've had, I've had a couple of, I've, I've done TV lots of different times and I had a weight loss show many years ago from a different failure that happened. So I got another, when I had years and years ago, I had a, a company that I had a really big deal of another bigger company, a shoe company that was going to buy me they were they they were going to acquire me and it was all great and then the deal kind of like fell apart and i was really really upset and then this tv show happened which obviously again opened up a lot of different doors for me but what i was going to say is funnily enough from that experience i realized actually i'm not i don't really love having a tv show mm -hmm. like it's great on some effects because you get a budget and you can get up it gives you a platform then to do other things but the schedule I don't love. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hours. It's a grind. It didn't really like, I didn't enjoy that process. Um, I, the, the show was different. It was obviously a weight loss show. And I had like a team of people I worked with and my, and the other guy had a, another team, but it was like very, the, the, the hours were just a grind and many, many of them. And you're sitting on, on, on you're waiting. It's a lot of like, hurry up and wait for like hours and hours, which doesn't work for me. I don't love being on other people's schedule. I know that about me. I'm self-aware to know that that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So in reality, this podcast actually worked out for me without, with the fact that like it was a blessing in disguise that it never happened. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I yeah. feel like it's almost a peace of mind for people to hear that. Like you're going to do things and you're going to fail. It could be miserable. It could be hard at the time, but it always sets you up for something more beautiful on the other end. Right. If you keep pushing like you did, which is awesome. And like, look at you now at the podcast. It's awesome. Well, I just let you know, I just really like it. And then and it, mm -hmm. like, again, at the end of the day, if you don't like what you're doing, then, then that's really the bigger problem, right? Then you're really not living your best life. Like to me, success to me, isn't about just making lots and lots of money success is actually having a rich life that's satisfying and satiating and it's very different for different people for a lot of people having a really successful life is to be like a really a great mom that is a stay-at-home mom that's very engaged with their kids and that's what they want to do and if they feel that that's um satiating then they have a really successful life you know mm -hmm. i mean i do have i have kids too by the way and i <laughs> i love being with them that don't get me wrong but it's important for me also to have uh, a career because it feeds a part of me that's really mm -hmm. important now um that to me like i'm not going to ever probably 
become as successful as maybe some other people, because to me, having a rich life also really involves being, being an engaged mom. So Mm -hmm. for me, I have to be balancing both. So um, yeah, so it's like everything is a sacrifice and a choice, Mm -hmm. Um, not a sacrifice. I should say a choice, right? Like you can't have everything you can have. If you, if you, you can have everything at different times of your life. But my point is, understanding who you are, where you are in your life, being realistic. And like I said, not, not living someone else's success, what a successful life is to them is so, so important. You know, people, a lot of people and me included for a long, long time, or I conflicted is to have a certain life that my mom would be proud of, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure other people would feel the same way, but it's not really close. It's not really what they want. So when people kind of really kind of really dig deep into what they what they what makes them happy what makes them feel fulfilled and satisfied sometimes it's not about just being a super successful entrepreneur there's a lot of other like details in there so to me a successful life really equals having a rich satisfying life whatever and whatever picture that is for somebody yeah it's funny too because i think that's like where it worked out so well the way that habits and hustles has unfolded like it's allowed you to do and be both. And it's given you so many blessings. And I know you have so many friendships made from that, that it's like, maybe that was the biggest win that you had overall. When it's like, originally I thought this was going to be a TV show, but look, it, it gave me all of these other opportunities that maybe a TV show wouldn't have. So it's like in a weird way, it all works out in the end. Well, right. Like I think you know, a lot of times the TV, you know, gets canceled after eight seasons. It doesn't work out. It doesn't matter. Or like while you're doing it, you're not having fun because of the schedule, whatever the reasons are, but you can't look back. You know, you can't like take that. I, I you can, you can do the what if game, but at the same time, like as long as I know for myself and I'm sure, and I, and for you too, and for anybody, as long as I know that I've like, did everything I can, or I like try, I actually legit tried. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And if I know I did that, then I can like be happy, whatever the next opportunity is for myself. But I will say, if you don't even try, the reality is I re- rejection is always better than regret. I don't want to mm-hmm. ever look back and regret something because I never even took a shot at it. Right. I rather take a shot and lose and then move on to because you everyone gets over rejection whatever like a boyfriend a job a, whatever it is like you can eventually it may take someone one day it may take someone six months but you get over it yeah but the idea behind the mental idea of like regret i never did what if i did what if i did that what if i tried to do that mm-hmm. that to me is painful yeah. definitely that yeah. lasts forever and that lasts forever mm-hmm you don't want to look back and be like, I never did all these things because I was hindered by my own self. Right. The worst pain. Absolutely. And we have one question just before you go, just because <laughs> your podcast is named Habits and Hustles, obviously it's been- Habits and Hustle. Well, not, not Habits hustle. and Hustle. I've said it right. <laughs> no, I, you, you're giving it a plural. Oh, That's did I? Yes. No, yeah. Habits and Hustle, for sure. Um, obviously you've met like incredible people. Is there anything that you've taken from them? Is there any key point, key teachings or specific habit that you use daily that has improved your life? You know, what's so funny. I, what I think that, 
the one, the common thread line that everyone's always said is always have gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. They have a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think gratitude is exceptionally important, but I don't think that you feel gratitude by just writing in a journal. I think you get gratitude. I feel like people get gratitude more from actually talk, telling other people how, like how, how much they mean to you, how important they are and expressing it verbally Mm -hmm. makes you feel much more gratified from that experience um, than just writing something in a journal. So someone, and that's from, and that was from actually a couple of things. And because of that, I had Amanda Knox on my podcast who I found to be fascinating. And I was asking her, like, how did she like get through, you know, being in an Italian prison as a young girl, she was like 21 years old. And, you know, how did she like do that? And she had this, she had this thing called negative visualization where she would visualize like the worst case scenario ever and then re- and then and then fi- and then kind of like recognize where she was in her life and it was it, and it wasn't that so mm-hmm. there was like a feeling of like gra- gratitude from yeah. it like oof. like so even this girl who's in jail in a, in a foreign country like away from her family she visualized something so much worse it might sound kind of morbid but then realized it could always be worse you know I think to me, that was like something that really stuck out from a lot, from all the people I've had on that like really kind of like landed and resonated with me in a very, very different way that sometimes when I'm in a place where I don't have that gratitude, I think about that and think about like, I put myself in a situation that God forbid was much worse and, and then bring myself back to where I am. And then like that to me has been like a really good, helpful uh, habit or tip. I love that. It's almost like it's so typical of you, but it's almost like the physical practice of it and not just the mental awareness of it. A hundred percent doing it. Yes, absolutely. Although that's a mental visualization, but I couple it with the idea of telling someone, Mm -hmm. you know, I really, I really appreciate when you did so-and-so or thank you so much for this. Number one, like the fact that people are usually very like they're, they're super surprised when other people do that because people, I think a lot of times don't, don't give that type of uh, recognition. Yeah. And I think that makes people, it makes other people feel better when you notice how other and how it's landing on someone else. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's, I think it's a good reminder to all of us to not just write it in the notebook or yeah. take mental note of it to actually put it out and practice it in the real uh, world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We loved having you per usual and you're always a blessing. Appreciate thank you. Always. Thank you for having me and congratulations and good luck with your podcast. Thank, thank you. you. We're excited. We'll definitely be in LA soon and, and we'll see you then. I hope so. Hope to see you soon.